This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wode, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal cast and YouTube. <laughs> all right, guys, welcome to the new episode of the Cabal cast. This week, we're going to be covering little bit of information getting into modern specs and preparation for modern horizons as well as diving into the weeds on the london mulligan rules there were the good grief game articles we posted and cfb put a couple up as well uh there's also we're going to touch on towards the end of the episode an announcement i got at gamma uh that some of you read a lot about these new promo packs there's some information about those that has not been released yet not sure why but we'll cover that as well so Let's get started. All right. Uh, so coming up in modern, we have uh, two big changes heading into Pro Tour London. Um, and not necessarily for a modern PT, just happens to be modern, right? We have yeah. Modern Horizons coming out, which is going to be an all uh, reprint set, quote unquote, and the Mulligan rule. And there are a lot of obvious callouts when it comes to the combination of both of these in regards to speculating. Okay, you look at things like ley lines. Sure, you look at things. Uh, like Mox Opal and Noble Hierarch that weren't reprinted? Sure. Well, what exactly do you want to do here? Uh, do you want to take on magnitudes of risk, or do you want to play things safe? And this is a, a topic that's kind of near and dear to my heart, uh, because I was I advocate for taking as little risk as possible going into these, given the maximum amount of information we have right now. And Corbin Hostler's article from Channel Fireball actually sparked a lot of debate because yeah. it is very math-centric and shows a lot of really cool and interesting things. And it's an article we're going to reference a bunch during this episode because there's a lot of great tables in here because Corbin just does math. That's all he does. And um, I think he might have done coverage for Bilbao. So math and coverage is all he does. Yeah. And on top of that what Modern Horizons also means to this. What can we expect yep. because of Modern Horizons? And uh, old ley lines, new ley lines, the way the game plays out thanks to things like Serum Powder as well, which is a one-print-only kind of card because it's really weird. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's templating they don't want to deal with ever again, I think. Yeah, it's a ridiculous card, and it creates headaches just in the mulligan system itself. Mm-hmm. It is a card that... Uh, it doesn't create issues now, it will create issues, and if they just all of a sudden say, by the way, the Smulligan rule is A-OK, and we're banning Serum Visions, I, or not Serum Visions, Serum Powder, serum powder yeah. I am perfectly okay with that, because of the way this card interacts with a, with a Mulligan rule. Yeah. Now, uh, I don't actually know uh, your feelings about this, Thursday, because we didn't talk, uh, there's a, just a lot of chatter going on in Facebook, Twitter, etc. this week. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I am not I, I am an advocate of taking as little risk as possible. So for me, going into this Pro Tour, well, knowing everything that's coming up, I still suggest Fetch Lands. Uh, KTK, I think, is kind of a safe bet as long as it's not Windswept Teeth, just because that was in the uh, planes, the starter no. deck or the Planeswalker yeah. deck or whatever it was, right? Yeah. And Shock Lands. Those will always have a floated floor. So if you can pick those yeah. up at Bylas, I think they're perfect. I think... Picking up ley lines is also pretty decent, not just because of the way the game will ha- be handled if this Mulligan rule moves in, but they're just a cycle of cards that Watsi likes to bring back every now and again. And out of the ten 
ley lines we have, we have only one reprint of one ley line, and that was Void coming from... And it's still one of the most expensive. Yes, it's from Guild Pack into M11? Yeah. Right? So that leaves uh, eight other ley lines that people can play with that, cha that could change the landscape of modern. This is nothing yeah. to say about... <clears throat> what happens in Legacy with this mulligan rule and ley lines because that's a deck. Yeah. This is just mitigating risk. So I, I look at that as kind of my foundation for, for what I'm looking towards in regards to the upcoming, upcoming modern season and the sheer amount of modern events we have moving forward. I don't want to shoot for the stars because I think that gets you burnt when you have magnitudes of risk here. Yeah. So for me, one of the ones that I'm and this is a little bit of Mulligan and a little bit of Horizons, and you actually touched on it, uh, Mopal. So Mopal's the lowest price it's been in a year, and now we're off the ban Mopal train because Arclight is the new deck in town and everyone wants to ban something there because yep. why adapt the meta when you can just ban cards instead, I guess. But Mopal's one of those cards that not only does it have you know, demand in Modern, there's legacy and vintage demand as well as EDH. So it's floated by multiple formats. Mm -hmm. And the fact that both sets, not the masterpiece, I'm not going to touch that one. Uh, both sets are at pretty much the lowest they've been in a year because the decks aren't the it deck right now. Yes. But if something happens with Phoenix, these decks become popular again. The four color prison deck has been popping up more and more. Yep. And it's obviously pretty good i mean people wanted to ban lantern control when that was a deck and mobile was one of the engines there too yes. so for me you know besides and i also advocate fetches shocks and the two relevant ley lines in the format uh fetches are already starting to see a little bit of an uptick like mm -hmm. ktk deltas are up to 2022 right now yeah uh and mobile i think is one of those cards that it's not really flying under the radar right now but i don't think it's that risky but I wouldn't mind going a couple deep because it could very well, you know, tick up from 100 back to, or sorry, like 80, 90 right now back to 100 to 110 mm -hmm. with just a couple tweaks in the metagame. Yep. Um, I also think that stuff like Coco, uh, those, those combo decks that rely on a specific engine card are significantly better with this mulligan rule and that's something that's pretty much been universally stated out there yes. like the C he touches on it in the cfb article and the you know good grief games is another one that they touched on like when they mentioned dredge you know mm -hmm. what your odds are of having enabler dredger everything else yes and you know coco's been pretty steady recently it's been a, on a little bit of an uptick but I don't think 16 is a bad spot for this card necessarily. It's illegal in the format. It's got one hole printing, mm -hmm. and it's not coming in Modern Horizons. Additionally, we're getting a bunch of new creatures in the format. And as much as they push creatures, Coco is only going to get better as time goes on. So I think there could be something even more broken than Counter's Company. Mm -hmm. So those those would be the two that I would... I'm actually considering going deeper on myself mm -hmm. because, you know... A little bit riskier because they're kind of stagnant, but I don't mind holding something that, again, has a floated floor. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think this is, a, it's not a touchy subject per se. I just think it's a, 
it's definitely a subject that a lot of people don't want to spend a lot of time to talk about and, and think about. Some people will just kind of jump on whatever bandwagon they can. Yeah. Um, Zendikar Fenches took a couple of days to start. Not, yeah, Zendikar took a couple of days to get going, and once they did, you know, the cry went out on uh, the finance subreddit and yeah. uh, Twitter about those prices jumping. We similarly at the same time saw Opal, not Opal, uh, the Dominaria. I can't think of it right now. Amber. Oh, Mox Amber. Mox Amber. Amber well, yeah. Take off. Because that was when they had the. 36 walkers announcement. Uh, yeah, within days. And yeah. then we had uh, ba- we have Baleful Strix, uh, almost quadding in price seemingly overnight. And it's a it, that's the kind of card that I think is magnitude the bring buying a card like that at the previous price of like 4 or 5 dollars is fine if you want to sit on it for a while. The card's just going to be good in those formats. It's going to be printed in supplemental sets like it has been and eventually it's going to go down over time a la Tarmogoyf. But yeah. Specking on it for modern, those are the kinds that's the magnitudes of risk that I personally like to avoid. I I know some people that have gone in super deep on shardless agent. Mhm. I don't think that's a bad one. I think Baleful Strix is real bad. I I may eat my hat on that one. But, like, that's, to me, I'm in the same boat. That's the type of risk I just don't want to take. Yeah. Same with Shardless Agent. I don't think it's a good buy. No. But I, I get the logic behind it. Cascade is one of those mechanics that I don't think Wizards likes existing. Mm-hmm. With the, like, uh... Baleful Strix will be a good card forever because it's a great rate for what it does. Shardless yeah. Agent requires a lot of setup. It can't just yeah. go into a Team or Delver-style deck in Modern. The, the cast of supporting cards just doesn't exist. So what do you do with it? You put it in a Cascade deck. And then, sure, you can still Cascade into Living Death, and it's perfectly fine. You can also put it in Humans. Yeah. You can Cascade Shardless Agent into another Human. That, that's yeah. definitely a thing you can do. But it's that card can definitely take a lot more time to do something broken rather than just being a good rate two for one. So if yeah. you strike, Balfour uh, Strix might be the worst card to pick up compared to Charlotte's Agent. Charlotte's Agent most yeah. likely has the higher ceiling as time goes on. Sure, yeah. it can still be reprinted, but the ability to cast spells for free is pretty powerful. Yeah, It's not an uncommon in any of the actual print runs that it's in in regards mm-hmm. to uh, sets that have packs, like we don't count yeah. planes chase. The rarities there are completely irrelevant. Yeah. So it doesn't suffer from the same kind of problem that Blood Braid Elf did, being a pack for its yeah. entire lifetime, being an uncommon its entire lifetime. It's a rare yeah. everywhere it's printed, except for plane chase, which has a limited run anyway. Like, yeah, so it doesn't really count. Yeah. Um, the the one thing that I thought was most interesting about the CFB article was the multi six percentages and how drastically they increased yeah and there's something that and we'll have the link uh up for this yep the most interesting part for me because a lot of people are crying you know oh this is yeah you get access to all your ley lines but dredge gets access to all of its nature's claims whatever so there's actually a bit there where he talks about both players what their percentage chance are to get their card Mm mm-hmm in the same game. And at six, it is the highest percentage, and it just drops drastically after that. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I was 
kind of trepidatious about is how that would change things. And I mean, it's barely more likely than it is now. Oh, we actually saw that play out. If people haven't been watching Star City Games for the last two weeks, their live versus series on Tuesdays yeah. and Thursdays, uh, Ross Merriam and Todd Anderson have been playing uh, Modern with the London Mulligan as well as yeah. the Modern Horizon specs. And one of the matchups was a deck with Leyline of the Void against Dredge. And I think Ross on Dredge won games one and two. And somewhere in game three, Todd just remembered that he can mulligan to Leyline like Ross can mulligan to the nature's claim that he had yeah. on turn one. Like people are are blinders to that, like you're saying. They're just just because you can mulligan to your hate card doesn't mean that, that your opponent can't also mulligan to their, their hate card. Anti hate card. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, they the other interesting thing is when he talks about cutting lands. Oh, yeah, yeah. And how this actually has a very significant effect on that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he says, you know, this is our stipulation for what an opening hand is. This is my script, whatever. And cutting a land, mulling to six, you're 90% likely to have an opening hand. Yeah. That's that's insane because it, it goes from 83 to 90. Yeah, it turns every deck into the 18 land red decks of yore. Like those decks, like yeah. no fetch lands, just straight 18 lands that produce red mana and infinite one drops. Yep. It, that is ridiculous because that fundamentally can change the way we build decks in yeah. modern. You know, we don't need to talk about older formats because you play like four lands total that produce mana in those formats. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's very interesting, and I think that you know, I I think the London Mulligan will have more of an impact than Modern Horizons on the metagame mm -hmm. if they stick with it. I, I, I can agree with that, and I think they this is a mulligan rule that they're going to accept much like they did in years past. Every, we're 100% to accept mulligan rules. It, that's yeah. just a fact. And people want to lean on, well, Vancouver and Paris didn't really affect older formats that much. And you know what? This mulligan will, rule will affect it, but Watsi just does not care at no. all. They're going to I'd put standard this, draft, and that's it. Yeah, modern, and that's it. They just yeah. want modern to become the next kind of legacy, so to speak. It's their net. It's their eternal format, the schwa, and we yeah. might get one legacy GP a year again, like we used to up until like 2016. Yeah, and that isn't that'll still be enough to sate a lot of legacy players because it's a very niche, not niche. That's the wrong word. It's a very tight knit community of legacy players. Yeah. Wherever you have a community, they're very tight knit, and they're generally somewhere close to a hotbed for legacy where. People will travel to play yeah. in an, a weekend-long event like Eternal Weekend or something that Eternal Central is putting on. Yeah. Like the Monodrain opens when those used to happen. And you don't oh, have to care great. about that. Yeah. At all. Just don't worry yourself. And I think the London Mulligan... I agree, rather. I don't think this is your thought. I agree with your thought. Yeah. That the London Mulligan is going to do more for the formats that matter than any ban or restriction will in the last couple of years. It's yeah. just going to open up more archetype and more availability for certain things. And we might just see a lot of innovation. Something I was thinking yeah. about towards the end of the week after uh, we tossed our picks up was uh, a card like Leyline of Anticipation. Not a lot of yeah. people actually know what that card does. It's the blue Leyline from the from the core set um, printing. Yeah. yeah, it's not the original blue one. <clears throat> it's the second one. Leyline of Anticipation is a really good card in EDH, and I think it might have popped up once or twice at an actual event. 
Imagine playing against uh, taking turns and they turn zero ley line of, of anticipation against you because they're able to London Mulligan into it. That makes taking turns that much better when they can play everything yeah. at instant speed. You know, that that's a piece of innovation that, that exists right now, but it's not that great in the main deck because you can't just sit there and mulligan to it like you yeah. should with uh, with Leyline of the Void or Sanctity when you're bringing them in. Yeah. So we might not have to worry about bans immediately coming out of of this upcoming Pro Tour because the mulligan rule just might shake things out enough to to kind of fix any issues that exist. You yeah. might see what happens in Vintage every now and again, which is when Dredge comes up, Dredge starts playing Leyline of the Void in their own main decks. They start yeah. to cannibalize their own like zombies do in this game. Yeah. And so you might people might legitimately just start playing Leyline of the Void in their main and that become they might become part of their strategy and you might just see some weird green black X deck come and take over. Yeah. We don't we don't know and I think that's one of the really important things that this is going to bring. You know. Which because it's obvious it's right there we have a card pool to work with unlike Modern Horizons where you know only so many people have that file. Yeah. And, you know and that's that. Uh, on the topic of Modern Horizons, there's, you know, obviously the big news there is there's no currently legal modern reprints. Uh, there's been some information floating around afterwards, and one of the, I forget who it was, one of the Star City guys said that he was doing a lot of testing on modern with the cards in Modern Horizons, and he did a ton of testing with Rock. Mm-hmm. So... You know, there's speculation about if that means Rock gets something or what's going on. I mean, Cabal Therapist is in Rock Colors. I don't. I don't think it's going to be as bad as everyone says. I. Some people are saying, you know, Watsi's just going to totally destroy Modern with this set. Something's going to be awful. Look, ninety percent of this set, because this is a limited environment, mm-hmm. is going to be trash. Yeah, it's going to be bad. We know this is going to be a con- a sealed playable format yeah it's it's not gonna be that bad i you know i cabal therapist looks fine sarah is not great she's an edh card yeah i'd still rather play gideon ally of yeah Zendikar over sarah right now yeah much much better yeah and i i don't think that it's it, it will absolutely have impact on the format i don't think there's any denying that you know i think like counterspell is fine uh i don't think anyone who says you see baleful strix i think is personally insane the card only punishes fair decks you need to make fair decks better in modern right now so i don't think it happens i I like being on the opposite of that opinion because to me blue black x is fair I think Grixis Control or Grixis Tempo is fair. And not having a blue-black control deck isn't great for modern, but it's not the worst. Oh, you get blue-white. I mean... Yeah, but like... Because Teferi's a fine card and all. Yeah. I I, I remember back in the day, you know, it it was always Underground Sea, Underground River, all the blue-black lands are always the most expensive because blue black is the best color combination in magic that's where all the good control decks were like when you had sirku control and ravnica Mm -hmm. uh, and stuff like that so i i i see where you're coming from 
I just think it's I fair. Yeah, it I, I think it punishes fair decks more than unfair ones. I and I, I can understand that because Abzan and Jund and the green black version of those decks have a hard time getting through Balfour Strix and they don't have a toy like that. That's that that's what I get. I understand yeah. that. It just allows blue black X now to play a fair man's game. Yeah. But not having a comparable card definitely pushes those decks down. So I, yeah. I understand where you're coming from in that. I wouldn't mind seeing a cycle of those completed. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Black, black, all the other colors, and oh, yeah. whatever it does. Uh, I don't know if we get that, no. but I'd be fine with that. Um, yeah, did you, did you have any thoughts on what Horizons you think is going to do financially tomorrow? Uh, I, I do. I don't, I don't think it's going to be upheaval. I think it's just going to... It's going to bring more players to the format, or hopefully bring more players to the format, which means that we're going to see a jump in a lot of our staples, which is why I think a lot of shocks and fetches, yeah. you know, are your entry-level cards, things you need to be playing this format, are where you want to be moving into into Horizons. Yeah. So I, that's that's why I, I'm, I'm playing it very safe, because it seems like, yeah, it's obvious, but it's obvious for a reason. You know, it's, ob it's obviously not bad. Yeah. Uh, I, I think horizons is probably going to do a little more than people think in regards to some of the shenanigans that are out there we finally might get a handful of additional cards to keep the uh burn deck afloat a little better than it currently is it we might see some more not punisher style spells all uh, like browbeat or risk factor but we might see something like so good. um maybe we actually get Pyrostatic Pillar in the format, Sulfuric Vortex in the format, something like that for... for as Burn. long as Price of Progress doesn't happen. Oh, we'll never sure. get priced, never. No. Yeah. Blood Moon's enough of a problem. Yeah. But we don't have a good tempo deck in the format, so that's why I kind of advocate days. Yeah, that's what I think as well. And I a lot of people are like, oh, but Phoenix can just use days. Okay, sure, but days remand... That allows you to have a Delver, Terramander, like old Rug Delver style list. Yeah. And modern. Yeah. I, I'd also like to see a little more diversity in burn spells because when you go back to a format like Legacy, like sure, every red deck's slinging bolts, but it generally has additional red spells that cost one red to do some amount of damage. Uh, you've got Chain Lightning, you have uh, K Command. Yeah. Flame Rift. Yeah. Uh, like. What is it? The split second. Oh, sudden shock. Sun shock, which is modern legal, but it's just not good enough in modern. Yeah. And the next, we have a, a tiering of burn spells right now in modern that are good enough to be played, but after that it falls off really quickly. So it's like, okay, what do you want to do about Phoenix? Well, if you want to play a red deck, you can just try and constantly searing affect it off the table with blood and blaze, or you could play a crappier burn spell like magma spray and deal with it once and for all yeah and i'm hoping that's that space is filled a little better because there's definitely yeah. some space uh, the wither mechanic isn't terrible but i don't think it deserves another burn spell it's got like puncture blast or something like that yeah it's terrible i just don't know i have a hard time trying to come up with what they're going to do for uh black and green compared to the other colors like do you bring him to Turok is a very strong card. Do you bring something like that back? Do you bring back like faceless Pernicious Butch? Deed? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not even talking about gold. Gold makes a lot yeah. of sense to me. You have Deed, you have Vindicate, you have some very good base black spells, right? But yeah. dude, it was like Faceless Butcher and Mesmeric Fiend good enough for modern? Like, I don't really think so. Like, you know, that... I I mean, who knows? But you're right. The, what what do those decks get Yeah, that makes them better? Is is there even anything? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like of uh, uh, legacy played card, or not even played card, legacy playable cards that are about on the power level of uh, veteran explorer. Yeah, that you can possibly see in modern, and I'm sure I'm missing a whole cadre of these things. But yeah, until I can pick those out, I, I really can't make a a good guess at what will be there yeah. for. For these colors. I would actually really like to see something like Gerard's Verdict. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Uh, that that's the type of thing that I it's fair. Mm -hmm. It benefits fair decks, and it is a discard too. Oh yeah, absolutely. For two, which is I think great. Yeah. And you know, I there's I know a lot of people that think uh, you know, there's no way we get him because it's just busted. And sure, but I. I think Gerard's Verdict is a fixed version of that, if that's your concern, you know? Yeah, so. I, I like Gerard's Verdict and the, the value placed on it being a uh, split card causing a white and a black is pretty heavy yeah. because that means now you have to play a very specific kind of deck. You don't have a whole mm -hmm. lot of option available to you in what you're doing. And uh, It's weird that we have all the Planeswalkers in Modern because you can't lean on that and like, well, what do we get? And it's like, okay, well, what about artifacts? Like, oh, they're all broken. All the legacy artifacts are broken in half. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. What kind of utility lands can we bring in? None. They're all dumb. Maze of Ith? <laughs> what do you... Phyrexian Tower? <laughs> okay. Probably yeah, not. Was... That card is probably too good. If we yeah. can't get, like, Entomb and Animate Dead into Modern, then Phyrexian Tower is probably way over the top for what it does. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what, what you even... What benefit you would gain from that besides just destroying the format, you know? Yeah. Oh. And, and this is the space that Watsi is working in. That's why it's hard to pick out a lot of these cards and say, oh, what can we see, what can we can't... Oh, what, sorry, what, what can't we or what won't we? And th that's why I just don't want to deal with this part of the risk when it comes to you know, picking up specs for Modern. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's new territory, mm -hmm. so... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I hope that we do a number of these. I hope they stop being uh, completely new cards to modern in regards mm -hmm. to the fact that there are no reprints. I, I, I hope eventually it just becomes a split set like the old core sets when they were like 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th where it's like close to 50% reprint, close to 50% new stuff. This way yeah. you can keep the price of modern down and keep players engaging with this format despite the fact that you can't play it on Arena yet. Yet. Yeah. Like, I I'm think, sure we'll get there. Yeah, I Let's think, be real. Oh, absolutely. I think this is the this is the format Watsi wants. Getting in somewhere is going to be good, and you just need to pick your your stance, your foundation, and, and stay strong there and hold it. Like This is a format that's going to ebb and flow, and trying to get ahead of everything is difficult. And if they just keep printing everything into the ground, it's going to be very difficult to stay on top of. They can effectively turn modern from a TCG into an LCG very yeah. quickly if they just keep pumping out these sets, and yeah. it won't matter in time. All you need is enough copies out there and you know that this is wishful thinking because that's millions of copies of these cards later. It's, yeah. You know this isn't a, a quick fix. Yeah. You need to do this so many times that eventually people are just going to stop caring. But at some point when they stop caring, that's kind of 
where market saturation is going to exist. Yeah. You know, your supply will meet demand, the prices will just organically flatten, and they'll just ride it out forever until something mm-hmm. dumb happens and somebody comes by and buys all the gristle brands. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's then, that. Uh, okay. Yep. Yeah. You got all the gristle brands. Congrats. Yeah. I was, um, I was thinking about yeah. it. There's something that allows you to turn one gristle. Oh, yeah, we were talking about a, something dumb uh, with the mulligan rule is uh, something like Charbelcher. Oh, yeah. So, like, if you want to pick a very high-risk, high-reward card, there's no other card that represents this better than Goblin Charbelcher. Yep. With the London Mulligan rule, in effect, between <laughs> with Chancellor of the Tangle, which is effectively your Elvish Spirit Guide, and Simeon Spirit Guide, enough rituals in hand, you have the ability to turn one, play, and burp your opponent out of the game. Yeah. You can effectively kind of tune this in to be a little more like the Legacy version, play less land overall and have a more consistent game if we get elvish spirit guide in modern horizons then i think we've just Uh broke we've just broke this format in half with because you still will need the chancellor and your rituals but you'll have four exile effects for turn one and just or it's not four uh 12 exile effects for turn one to just dump everything out of of your hand yeah and just get there yeah which is silly. So it wouldn't actually be Goblin Charbelch. It would be Chancellor of the Tangle, which has seen uh, bumps. We've talked about it on this show before, that the last time yeah. somebody played it on cam was Ross Miriam for the Star City Versus series. And I think it was even for their no-ban-list tournament. Yeah. He lost, and Chancellor of the Tangle still went up in value. Yeah. Turns out coverage matters. Oh, absolutely. Take notes, Watsy. Yeah. Take notes. Uh, yeah. I, Bilbo had coverage, but I think... Tampa was dark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So last thing before we get to picks then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So everyone heard, obviously, about the new promo packs that are at Guma. I Uh, actually haven't. I've been head in the sand all weekend. Enlighten me. So there are new promo packs being sent out for your FNMs or whatever. And the way it works is... There are. Let me actually pull up the. Okay, I do know this. Yeah. It's four cards. uh, One of them is a pre release promo, stamped pre release promo. Mm -hmm. One is a stamped basic land. Another one is like the FNM, the actual FNM promo. And the fourth one is a card from a list of spicy cards that they have planned. Yes. So. Uh, they unveiled this at Gamma, and afterwards they had a short Q&A. Okay. So after they did their Q&A, one of the questions that was asked was, are buy a box promos on this list? Mm-hmm. And they said yes. So Fire Song and Sunspeaker, as well as Nexus of Fate, will be included randomly in these packs. Now, that doesn't quite do the same thing as a Challenger deck non-foil printing does, uh, which, you know, they did say outright it's not going to happen. However, it currently being $17 low, probably going to drop down to 10 if enough of these hit the market. Yeah, and these Nexus and uh, Sunspeaker aren't date stamped, right? They're just... Okay. So they would be in that fourth slot on that spicy yes. list. 
yeah, they're on the spicy list. Okay. Now, granted, Sunspeaker's, you know, sub $2, so who really cares about that? Yeah. But Nexus could see a significant drop from this, and I think that's worth considering. Yeah. That that's the type of thing you may see. So if you have them, I mean, granted, it's not exactly being played now. You may want to move off. Uh, it, it may be time to dump those because there's about to be more on the market. Yep. Not that they necessarily sold like crazy before. Uh, most most set, most stores just threw them up on TCG because they didn't sell a whole lot of boxes of M19. Set was garbage. But uh, it was an interesting announcement that yeah. I thought deserved merit, and I didn't see it on Reddit or anywhere else. So this is... Heard it here first, guys. Yeah. No, the buy box promos will be in the new promo packs. That's pretty cool. And uh, if I... I don't remember reading that article thoroughly, but they basically said that pre-release promo the stamped one will change mm-hmm. quarterly right so it'll be a pre-release promo that you could get from the la- the previously released set yeah yep. okay and but they didn't explain the basic land nope so we don't I, know if... i don't even have email on it yeah they they sent an email about like the new metrics and what those mean yep uh as well as stores already know how many of everything they're getting oh that's neat but they didn't send anything about what the basic lands are. Do we know when this is going to start, by the way? Do we have... uh, I don't actually know. Okay. Let's see. Was it Play Network? I believe it's after, not Lon- London, the Pro Tour after. So it'll be the set after War of the Spark, would be my guess? I believe so, yeah. All right, let me check out the Pro Tour schedule, because we have, like, what, 16 this year? 20 Pro Tours? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh... Dallas Fort Worth? Is that all right? No, this is that old list. That's the GP we're going to, yeah. No, no uh, 2019 to feature six Pro Tours. September 6, 2018 is still the number one article that pops up from Watsi when you search. Oh. And it's the out-of-date article. Actually, uh, it looks like June. June is when it starts. Okay. So it'll be Modern Horizons. Great. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, that timing is actually very interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, according to the 2019 schedule, April 26th is London. Mm-hmm. Mythic Championship three will be Arena City and date TBD. Mythic Championship four is in Barcelona, and the date is July 26th. Okay. So, so this will be prior to Barcelona. Yeah. So, the Arena Mythic Championship. Just averaging the dates could be late May, early June. I don't know the, mm. the number of weeks in between. And has all the arena Mythic Championships have the highest payouts. That's obnoxious. Yeah. Ugh, all right. Push the format. Yeah. Woo. Whatever. All right. So we're going to cut out with some picks real quick. So uh, I want to take this one first because I've, I've been thinking about this card for a while. It's, it's one of my pets. I play this card in standard, and if I could play this in middle school, I would be so... (laughs) White on rice, man. White on rice. I would be all over this card. Yeah. It is tooth and nail. Now, this is a card that has a very interesting price line. I've got it up on stocks, and what you see on the left, I believe is the furthest I can bring this along. At Theros, it was $12. But prior to Theros... 
it costs more than it does now, which is about $18. It was well over 20 for a very long time, even after the only other printing it has, which is the Modern Masters. Yep. And that's one of the reasons why this card is my pick. This is a three-card combo, but once you cast Tooth and Nail in EDH or Constructed, you win the game. You get Xena yeah. uh, God and yeah. Blightsteel Colossus or Emrakul the Aeon's Torn. You double their power toughness, they get haste, and you just swing for the win that turn. Yep. Now, this is a card that is currently modern playable. It costs way too much to cast. It's like a turn five or a turn six, realistically. Uh, Tronland or in the Mono Green Devotion style deck where you play Utopian Sprawls and Nykthos, right? Even yeah. there, it's still too... Too too slow. Too slow. And the risk of drawing your kill spells, kill spells, quote-unquote, being your creatures uh, in Blightseal and Xenagos before drawing Tooth and Nail is very real and having no real good way to reset them back in your hand. No. But with Horizons and the, and the London Mulligan rule, things change a lot for this card. It doesn't get that much faster because we'll never get Cloud Post in the format. You know, it's on the ban list. But yeah. this is a card that's always some amount of ramp away from being really good, and it is just a casual staple. If you check this out on EDH rack and I'll, I'll bring it up now it should be all over the place it is just yeah it's insane i i know so many people that you know big dumb green is like their favorite so of course yeah it's gonna be in there yeah there it is Twelve thousand nine hundred forty-eight decks on edh rec okay this is equivalent to like the card makes like this is a, a grand prix level day two deck of like three to five percent kind yeah. of number on EDH rec. We we've yeah. crunched it. I can't find the math anymore, but that's basically once you crest like 8k, you can start equating it to a deck that's actually fairly popular on day 2 of a grand prix kind of yeah. thing. And for $20, the card that just wins the game. Nah, man, that's way too cheap for this. This is like past kiki jiki that we've pushed before. Like yeah. as a spec, like tooth and nail is just above and beyond broken. Yeah, and it's it's the type of thing that I don't see them printing outside of a supplemental product. No, it's got it, entwined. Ever. Yeah. We've, we've gone back to Mirian no and we did not get entwined. No. I, that's just a mechanic that I don't think they want to revisit. Yeah, so. and I don't expect this to be in another Masters set because it's like it's too Moby for, a, for the limited format. Yeah. Like, you have to put supporting cards in there, and I don't think they existed in the first Modern Masters. They could have put it in 3 or in UMA, but the, those formats just were not fast enough or correct yeah. for this card. Basically, when you had the Eldrazi Titans in there, you could put this in there. But they had Kiki Jiki and Tooth and Nail in the same in the same master set. Yeah, like, not good. So mine, and I'm gonna keep harping on this train. Uh, Foil Seventh Edition Shatter. Yep. So first off, middle school pre modern, whatever. Uh, in addition to that. Foil Grizzly Bear from 7th is still like $10. Really? I'm surprised yeah. it cost that much. Sorry. that I'm... It, it, it was one of the first cards that got hit in that like 7th foil buyout whenever that happened last year, year okay. before, whatever it was. And all of a sudden it showed up on MTG stocks for 20 bucks. And yeah, so right now the TCG low for foil is $10 for Grizzly Bear. $10. That's Grizzly Bear. Shatter is actually good. Yeah. It It is the only old border foil of the card. 
and it was in the old foil system. So it's a star foil, and this was... Oh, I have this, I have this, I have this. It was prior to the bump up for foils. Yep. So it, it was under the original rarity where you got like 0.7 rares a box or yep. something insane like that. So it's a very low stock. It's currently on Card Kingdom. The cheapest one is $2. Okay. For a foil shatter? TC- for a foil shatter. Really? Crazy thing. On TCG, they're all less than a dollar. And there's like 40 listings. Yeah. So it's not a matter of someone bought these out and just left the stragglers behind. It's actually sub a dollar. Yeah, there are at least 30 of these on TCG Player right now. Yeah, and I, full disclosure, I have about 30 of them. Because when I found out how cheap they were, I bought out Star City. Yep. And I bought as many as I could that had four plus from TCG Player. Mm -hmm. But again... It's the type of card that we already had a foil seventh buyout. It's probably going to happen again. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the collector creep is just going to get later and later and later. It started with alpha, then it hit beta, then it hit unlimited. It's going to hit revise next, presumably. Mm-hmm. And at some point, it's going to hit foils again. Yeah. Then the, it's weird. Like there are a lot of people who started playing this game in the last couple of years who have begun asking why foil seventh edition is so expensive. Like the story of why that set is is oddly expensive compared to other core sets after that have foils is uh, is awkwardly not as widespread as I would have hoped it would have been because it's a very simple story. Yeah. It's right. there. There's so many staple cards in that set that didn't get foil printings in that border. Mm-hmm. And it, it foils just didn't exist back then. No. Like, you were lucky to get two to three commons a box. Yeah, the... Uh, I wish I had a, a pack, because they tell you the rates on the back of the pack. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the, the price now on, on Card Kingdom, and they're about $4 for a near mint right now. They have one available, but TCG is just a bunch of one-offs for yeah. cents. Yeah, cents. I mean, pick up some basic lands or something to fill out draft chaff. The most yeah. expensive one on TCG for foil is $2. Most expensive one. That's crazy. Yeah. So if... that's that's my pick. I think it's solid as always. Yeah. And, of course, I'm going to shill baby shill all day long. <laughs> and of note, Shatter is generally playable wherever you can. Like, yeah. It's not the... It's the baseline effect. There are better alternatives, but it is never not a playable card. And in yeah. the alternative, like 93, 94, you'll see people playing Alpha, Beta, Unlimited, Shatters, just original art, whatever. Um, yeah. And middle school and pre-modern are the formats where you could just pimp with foils. Yeah. And so the 7th being the first foil set that has a Shatter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it definitely leads you to some ridiculous prices for this yeah. card. Uh, and then we actually have a special pick this week. Oh, yeah. So in light of the 36 Planeswalker announcement, obviously you had people move on Chainvale, Mox Amber, stuff like that. Uh, even Oath of Teferi. Uh, there was one that we thought on. We're like, what's a kind of end of the weeds card mm-hmm. that could be good here? And we came up with... Call the Gatewatch. Mm-hmm. Call the Gatewatch is basically Demonic Tutor for Planeswalkers. Yeah. Sorcery speed, it costs three, which is not terrible. But you just pick up a Planeswalker, 
the end. Yep. It is currently fifty-two cents, and the fact that you can play Planeswalker Tribal now in EDH and Modern, where this card is legal, leads to the our belief that this card is definitely going to see play. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very simple effect. It does exactly what you want it to, and. Again, you know, with EDH Tribal a reality, or Planeswalker Tribal a reality, why not? Yeah. I, it's it's going to be a thing. Uh, I think this is going to be a, a, a foil pickup, despite the fact that it has recently spiked to, according to stocks, $4. Let me check TCG real quick. Low right now on LP is two twenty two. dollars So that's, that's that's a little bit of someone listing a real high. Yeah, and... This is definitely something you could probably pick up on Card Sphere really yeah. easily. Uh, foil, non-foil, just basically pick them up as throw-ins for fifty-two cents. Even at an index of seventy-five percent, people will probably just throw things at throw these at you. Oh yeah, not a problem. No, I I think it's it's a good solid one, and it's one that I I'm kind of surprised it hasn't moved more uh, because it's three mana tutor. You can get whatever of the 55 walkers we have. Yeah. So on March 16th, one of these sold on Cardsphere for 23 cents. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That's insane. Why not? This is this yeah. is easily a couple dollar card. We're not going to see $5 for the non-foil. We'll probably see two or three, which means this is an easy double or triple up. It's a good yeah. low-end spec, just something that just avoids... All the hustle and bustle of what's going on with uh, Modern Horizons and the London Mulligan. It's going to most likely skip by a lot of reprints unless they want to make a com uh, Planeswalker-focused commander deck in the near future. And we'll probably yeah. never see it in a supplemental that's meant to be played in sealed or draft. So the likelihood mm -hmm. of this card ever making it back in any real regard is pretty low. Yeah. So I think it's a good solid pickup and hold. For sure. Um, well, that does it for us, guys. Yep. You can always find me at Thirsty Sizzler. Uh, we will be spamming the link to our middle school event. We do have pre-registration live, mm -hmm. so follow Thirsty Sizzler for that. Yep, uh, I'm at Halt I Am Reptar. Uh, we are at MTG Cabalcast on Twitter and Patreon. And if you have any questions, feel free to send us anything you want via Twitter. Or if you're a patron, you can do it through our Discord. We've been pretty active over the weekend talking about some of these. <laughs> The low-end specs that we've been seeing coming out of this SEG event in Modern. There's been a lot of stuff flying under the radar that you can get ahead of there. And then otherwise, yep. thank you for listening. Yep. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Catch you later.